Welcome to our five-minute tech news segment. And we have to talk about Twitter banning US President Donald Trump because it is truly unprecedented. Twitter has justified its reasoning by stating that his comments undermined the election results and encouraged acts of violence. Twitter explained that Trump's statements and presence on the platform could endanger an orderly transition of power for President-elect Joe Biden. Twitter's actions have both received praise and criticism. Many criticized the social media platform for taking too long to block the account. In 2020 alone, Trump made several false claims regarding the election, COVID, and also tweeted violent comments against the Black Lives Matter protests. So maybe you care about where I stand, and here's me looking to get in trouble by saying it. Should you have the liberty to think what you want and express your opinion as controversial as it might be? Yes. Does that extend to racism or hate speech? Sadly, yes. It's not a problem that we can fix by not letting people speak. According to the First Amendment, the government must protect that liberty and countries where that liberty isn't guaranteed are simply not considered free. But that does not mean that the Twitters, the Facebooks, the YouTubes of the world need to host and provide a platform for that hate speech to thrive. All of these are private companies with very clear terms of service that you agree upon when signing up. While these companies seem like they are the internet, they are not. They're private businesses and the set of rules has been established. Does that give Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey the power to ban the President of the United States from their platform? It does. If anyone violates the terms of service they agreed to, then they should simply be banned. I think the math there is simple. Now, is that too much power for these CEOs? Probably, but we give those companies that power by being their users. And in this specific case, I don't believe they've abused it. As a matter of fact, it probably took them too long to act. The problem is, and the problem was, that when almost half the country agrees with what the president says, or at least enough to vote for him, then banning him isn't that simple. You're quite literally upsetting almost half the population who believe what he says. It seems that finally a mob entering the Capitol was the straw to break the camel's back. Finally, people are starting to distance themselves from Trump, so finally the backlash of banning him is manageable. Now, I don't think the right of free speech has been violated here. Many of the people who advocate for free speech are simply looking for a platform where hate speech isn't censored. And that is a completely different thing. And that's precisely Parler's premise, which is our second news of the day. Parler is a Twitter-like platform with the premise of free speech. That is quite literally their motto. However, it's become a haven for, you guessed it, hate speech, where extreme points of view, now the platform from other social media platforms, can thrive. After Twitter cracked down on the president and many of the accounts that were used to organize the events in the Capitol last week, Parler had become one of the top downloads in the app store. CEO John Matza had openly aimed for it to become a place where people could say anything they wanted. Well, just like with Twitter and President Trump, Parler is now facing bans as well. Amazon Web Services, who hosted their servers, is the latest tech giant to ban the microblogging and social networking platform. The Verge reported that on January 9th, Amazon announced that it would suspend the controversial site after a group of AWS employees demanded that the company cut ties with Parler, which included no longer providing web services to the platform. Amazon's decision to end its relationship with Parler follows Google and Apple and their respective app stores in what has been a chaotic couple of weeks for social media and politics. Matze has openly denounced the events as a coordinated attack by big tech. He remarked that Parler was too successful too fast and that these actions to ban the platform are nothing more than an attempt to kill the competition. After the news that big tech was parting ways, Matze also admitted that all of its vendors, email and text message service providers, and even the company's lawyers had abandoned Parler's ship. Why? Because liberty works both ways, Matze. Remember that baker who refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, escalated to the Supreme Court, ruled in favor of the baker? Well, you don't get to pick when law applies to you. AWS has the same liberty to refuse hosting your hate-filled site on their servers. All right. 
Let's cut to some lighter stuff. Signal has seen an influx of users. The messaging service Signal has seen an increase in new users this past weekend, and two events contributed to that migration. Mainly, Elon Musk's tweet on January 7th, in which he just said, use Signal. Mashable reported that such was the app's demand that the verification code suffered delays across several providers. Another important reason people are migrating to Signal is that WhatsApp, owned by Facebook, recently announced new privacy conditions. All users have to accept the new privacy policy, making it clear that WhatsApp will share data with Facebook. Those who don't agree to these conditions will no longer be able to use the app. Signal has stood out from other messaging apps due to its focus on privacy to the degree that many consider it the gold standard in messaging privacy. Ben Lovejoy from 9to5Mac wrote a fantastic piece last week calling for the obvious answer to this. Apple should bring iMessage to Android. It's such a missed opportunity. Last but not least, domain giant GoDaddy has faced severe criticism these past two weeks due to its unusual practices. The Verge reported that in late December, GoDaddy sent employees a fake email that informed them that they would receive a holiday bonus. There was no bonus. The email was a phishing test. The employees who clicked on the email had to take a training course on social engineering. According to Forbes, around 500 employees clicked on the email with high hopes of receiving the $650 bonus. Though phishing tests are standard in the tech industry, critics highlight that it's unethical to offer money in set tests. GoDaddy later issued a statement highlighting how serious the company is when it comes to security. And then the spokesperson also said that the company had apologized to its employees. If you ask me, it was a brilliant idea. If you work in cybersecurity at a company and you fall for phishing, then maybe you shouldn't work cybersecurity at that company. And you should be thankful that you kept your job. We'll see you next week.